Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy. Football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Eat Sleep Fantasy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Dale. Thanks for listening and downloading. And uh, if you're listening right when it drops, you're, uh, you got it on a Wednesday like you have been every other week uh, so far for the last three or four weeks. So we appreciate you doing that. If you are not playing best ball format on Underdog Fantasy, I highly suggest you do so. Make sure you check, check it out wherever you get, uh, you know, wherever you download your apps at. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is probably, well not probably, is the best platform for for best ball for sure. I know they're expanding to few different things so i highly suggest you check them out for the rest of the season as well but today uh, i have my best ball rankings and instead of hearing me drone on about and trying to defend every single ranking i had mikey my partner and co-host here uh, for best ball content he's gonna go into my rankings and pick apart basically pick by pick almost <laughs> i think he does agree with some of it uh, a lot of it i know he doesn't um and it's okay uh, not everybody's gonna agree with your rankings uh you know, I'm really high on Derrick Henry. I know he's going to talk about that. I know he's, you know, probably going to talk about the Christian Kirk stuff. Uh, so I think I ranked that, you know, just over 100 players uh, for best ball, and uh, Mikey's going to use that as a topic to kind of go through and and uh, set you straight. Uh, I do trust his opinion. I think there are some that I would argue, um, but a lot of them, you know, you could see, uh, you know, everybody has different opinions and different strategies and different takes, and I get it and. That's what makes fantasy football fun. So, again, before I introduce Mikey, make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy. This episode is provided, is presented, and I guess provided uh, by them. Make sure you check them out online. Uh, go to the website. Definitely download the app. Check it out. It's good stuff. Uh, besides that, enjoy listening to Mikey. He's really easy to listen to, much easier than me. I don't think he says um as much as I do. And uh, and he's better, definitely a better talker, uh, bigger, better, much bigger vocabulary than I do. Um, so he might throw out some fancy words, and if you're as stupid as me, you might not understand everything he's saying. Um, but good luck, anyways, guys. Again, we appreciate you downloading. With no further ado, what is that saying? With further ado, I don't know. See, that's what I'm talking about. I I know these sayings. I just don't. I always get confused on how to actually say them because I don't say them enough. With further, I don't know. Anyways, guys, again, thank you. We will uh, I'll talk to you soon, I guess. But first, listen to Mikey. All right, Dale. Thanks a lot. So I took a uh, deep dive into your rankings. And for the sake of uh, entertainment or devil's advocate or just plain old being a dick, um, I'm going to focus on being a dick throughout the rest of this uh, segment. Um, main reason being it's really not that fun for me or you or anybody who might be listening for me to just go through and be like, yeah, I totally agree. Christian McCaffrey, 1.01. Saquon Barkley, 1.02. I agree with those things. So what I did is I actually combed through your top, I'd say 135 or so, and and 
Anybody who uh, caught my attention in one way or another, good or bad, I just jotted down a little bit of a note. So uh, I didn't make it past uh, your fourth person in your rankings before I was stopped dead in my tracks. Um, Derek Henry, I think that's a pretty – I'll stop short of calling it bold, right? That's obviously a – you know, too much of a buzzword on fantasy football podcasts these days. But, you know, Derrick Henry at four ahead of guys like Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Um, I can see it. I definitely can understand it. Now, that said, I have about 1%. Um, again, I can definitely see it. The The thing with me and with running backs is I need to, if I'm spending a first-round draft pick on a running back, it needs to be a guy who's capable of catching passes and Derrick Henry can catch passes it's just that he really hasn't had much of an opportunity to um in the past right he really hasn't done much of that in the past now that said that's where the part where I said I can see it comes into play because if he starts getting involved in the passing game him finishing as the first overall fantasy player is very very much uh, within the realm of realistic expectations for Derrick Henry. It's just, yeah, looking at his numbers right now, his highest reception total in a given season was last year, 2019. Uh, he had 18 receptions on 24 targets. So that gives me pause uh, when it comes to taking him ahead of guys like Alvin Kamara, even CEH, who we know is going to get some run in the Chiefs offense. Although I will say I can, you know, I could – totally get on board with taking Henry over CEH, but over Dalvin Cook and over Alvin Kamara, um, that's really difficult for me. In fact, I have about 1% of Derrick Henry, and I have been known to take guys like Joe Mixon and Miles Sanders uh, ahead of Derrick Henry when given the opportunity there. Um, so I started back down the track of checking out your rankings and got stopped once again at number nine, uh, I was really, and number 10, we'll actually just talk about both at the same time. Really, really surprised to see uh, Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs both making an appearance in the top 10. Uh, Nick Chubb is one of those guys that, again, he's easily a top 10 running back, if not top 10 player in fantasy football, if he's not sharing that backfield with Kareem Hunt or if something happens to Kareem Hunt. Um now, that said, the fact that Kareem Hunt is still around, and heck, the fact that you have Kareem Hunt ranked within your own top 60, the likelihood of two you know, fantasy football running backs from the same backfield that are being drafted in the top 60 paying off, both of them paying off, it's just very unlikely. Uh, so I like Chubb as a player, and I'm all in on him uh, maybe towards the late second round. But I'm not comfortable taking Nick Chubb ahead of guys like Michael Thomas, Miles Sanders, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, uh, a lot of the names that you have following uh, Nick Chubb on your list. Same, exact same thing goes for Josh Jacobs. I'm pretty much out on Josh Jacobs completely this year. I certainly would not take him 10th, which is where you have him ranked. Uh, but even looking at his ADP on underdog fantasy right now, he's at about 11.6. He's at about 12th overall. That's way, way too high for me. Um, this is a guy, you know, kind of like what we were saying with Derrick Henry. He just, you know, last year was obviously his first in the league and very, very successful, but he's not thought of as much of a pass catcher. Or I should say he's not someone who gets an opportunity to pa uh, catch passes. Like last year he had... 20 receptions on 27 targets, right? That's not even two receptions per game. 
And that's before they added Theo Riddick and Lynn Bowden and, uh, you know, Jalen Richard is still around. It's just, it to me, the stars are not aligning for Josh Jacobs to be heavily utilized in the passing game. And I'd pretty much be all, I'm completely out on him, especially at 10th or even at 12th uh, as underdog has him. Um, going down a little bit, number, you have Miles Sanders at number 12. Um, and to me, this is a guy that I think is a dark horse to finish as the 101 of fantasy football. I think this is my favorite pick of the first round. Um, he is... Uh, I have about 10% of him in my leagues, and to me, that's not enough. But uh, Underdog Fantasy has him going at about ninth overall, and I think this is a guy that very realistically could end up as the number one overall. I think when we're doing fantasy football drafts in 2021, Miles Sanders is a guy that's going to be going in the top five. Um, so he's easily, easily my favorite pick of the first round. Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon are the reason that I personally – uh, enjoy doing drafts from the back end of fantasy football drafts this year because a lot of times you can reel in both of those guys and I think both Mixon and Miles Sanders are guys that could finish as top five running backs and you're getting them at the end of the first round um, moving on to uh, number 21, right? You got on a nice little roll, and then I got stopped dead in my tracks when I was uh, when I found Chris Carson parked at number 21. To me, that's just that that's a bit too high. Um, I wouldn't have him over guys like Todd Gurley. I wouldn't have him over James Conner, and I w- wouldn't have him over the next batch of wide receivers that come funneling in after that. Um, there's just too many unknowns with, you know, his health. I know he just said that he's a hundred percent healthy, but show me a running, you know, show me a professional athlete that doesn't think he's, you know, healthy enough to play. They brought in Carlos Hyde, not that he's a world beater, but they didn't bring him in to just sit around. Rashad Penny will be good to go after, you know, week six. It's just the sort of thing that like, I, I like him and I do have uh, a good bit of Chris Carson. Just looking here, I have... I do have about 5% of Chris Carson across my leagues, but keep in mind, I'm usually getting Chris Carson around, if I can get him, it's around pick 40 or 45. Certainly not uh, Certainly not where you had him at 21. That's, that's a bit too early there. Um, moving along, I got stopped at number 29 when I noticed you had Jonathan Taylor there. And don't get me wrong, I am a Wisconsin Badgers uh lover for life a wisconsin badgers fanboy so jonathan taylor's my favorite player to ever come through the school uh even more so than ron dane and i'm i'm all in on the guy dude don't get me wrong i you know i traded up for him in one of my dynasty leagues so i could grab him second overall i'm not in on him at uh 29th uh where which is where you have him in your rankings so i wouldn't be in on him at 29th overall and i wouldn't be well he's 30th on underdog and you know that both of those numbers are just too early for me as long as Marlon Mack is around. Now, don't get me wrong, I fully expect Jonathan Taylor to fully take over that backfield. Um, I just think it might happen later rather than sooner as long as Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines and those guys are still uh, lingering around. Now, 2021, I think it's all systems go, but for me, I wouldn't be comfortable taking Jonathan Taylor ahead of Melvin Gordon or David Johnson, which are two of the guys you have below him. 
Uh, speaking of which, number 32, I just want to point out, I think your ranking for David Johnson is just fine. I think 32 is good for him, right? That's, you know, middle of the third round towards the end of the third round. To me, that is still too, uh, that's still too late for David Johnson. Um, I'm, I'm totally okay with the ranking for him because underdog has him, uh, has he has an egregious ADP of 41.6, so about 42nd overall. A lot of people have a sour taste in their mouth from David Johnson last year, right? He had, you know, a, a, you see a lot on Twitter, and a lot of people are talking about, you know, David Johnson just, you know, he looked bad. He, he lost his job to Kenyon Drake, who couldn't even, you know, make it in Miami. And I think a lot of people didn't realize that David Johnson was actually having a pretty great campaign before he got hurt last year. And when he did get hurt... It was a lower body injury, and he was playing through it all year. So, of course, a running back is going to be hindered and, uh, you know, not at peak performance. So I think, you know, he's got a whole offseason to rest. Uh, Bill O'Brien, in theory, is going to be motivated to prove to everybody that he didn't make an awful trade by sending DeAndre Hopkins away. So I think he's just going to, you know, ride David Johnson like a horse. And um, I think the volume is going to be there. We know David Johnson can catch passes. I think this is a guy who, if he stays healthy, this is literally a potential 300-touch candidate that, according to Underdog, and I've seen it on Underdog, uh, you're getting David Johnson uh, around 42nd overall. And this is a guy that literally could, I'm not saying it's you know likely, but he's a long shot to produce first-round fantasy value. So again, I think your aggressive ranking of 32nd is okay. I just still think... He's underpriced, and this is a guy that I've proactively targeted in my dynasty leagues because he seems like a massive buy-low candidate just using ADP. Um, number 33, you have Mark Ingram, which is way too high um, in my in my book. I have about 1% of Mark Ingram, and I think that was only because he fell to like 72nd overall or something like that. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is a very, very real threat. Um Now, you do have goal line opportunity with Mark Ingram, which is important on a site like Underdog because it is half-point PPR, so it places less of an emphasis on catches and more on yards and touchdowns. So that, you know, does boost a guy like Mark Ingram a little bit more. But Mark Ingram is a guy that, you know, like I said, J.K. Dobbins is very much a threat in that backfield. The Ravens' offense is set to regress a little bit. I mean, they're still going to be a dynamic and and, uh, playmaking team, don't get me wrong, but they are set to regress after last year's ridiculous offensive campaign. Mark Ingram himself uh, brought in 15 touchdowns in 2019. That's a number that's certain to regress. So Mark Ingram's just a guy that I wouldn't be comfortable touching at 33, which is where you have him, or even 54, which is where Underdog has him. So I would definitely recommend bumping him down uh, a good bit. Um, Right behind him, you have Le'Veon Bell at 34th. Man, I'm just... I'm bummed because, you know, it's kind of funny talking about David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, right? Because as recently as, what, two years ago, three years ago, these guys were the 101 and 102 of fantasy football. But Le'Veon Bell, man, it's just he's a guy that you've got to have plummeting in your rankings at this point, right? You got as long as Coach Gase is in town, that's bad news for pretty much any New York Jet. But, you know, the guy went out and got Frank Gore, um, and he, you know, reports are coming out that Frank Gore is getting 60% of the reps to Le'Veon's 40%. And 
it wouldn't surprise a single human on this planet if somehow Coach Gase gave uh, Frank Gore the lion's share of the workload over Le'Veon Bell, no matter how wrong that is. It also sounds like Le'Veon Bell looks slow in camp. It's just that's a guy that I'm I'm pretty much placing on my full fade list, and I would need him to fall to around 50 for me to even consider it. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Number 43, Raheem Mostert. If you listened to our first best ball episode, you know that I have negative uh, 0% of Raheem Mostert. So there's several reasons for this. One, I have a big issue with using high draft picks on guys who the year prior were nothing more than a waiver claim. That's a big red flag for me. Raheem Mostert is 20 year, 28 years old. He was undrafted in the NFL. He's on his fourth team since 2015. Uh, last year, 2019, was the first and only time he's ever played in 16 games, and his previous career high was 11 games that he's appeared in. And now, all of a sudden, Raheem Mostert is 43rd in Dale's rankings, and according to Underdog, he is going 60th, which is still far too high for me. For me, I like taking these kind of unclear or... Uh, questionable backfields and taking the cheaper and more athletic and talented pieces of that backfield, particularly ones that can catch. So when it comes to San Francisco, I have negative 0% of Raheem Mostert, and instead I'd rather use a pick on Tevin Coleman several rounds later or even Jarek McKinnon as one of my last picks in fantasy football. So you got to get him out of there, Dale. Raheem Mostert doesn't belong in the top, like, 200. No offense, Raheem Mostert, if you're listening to this. I know you're a big fan. Um, number 44, I can't fault you for this because for some reason he's always there. So it seems like you're there with consensus, but Juju Smith-Schuster is just too damn low in fantasy football. There is no reason that that dude should be a fourth round pick. Um, and I get it. This is half PPR and Juju Smith-Schuster is meant to be like a PPR monster, but still as the number one wide receiver with a, you know, returning Ben Roethlisberger, it's that's a guy that needs to be no later than third round. And, of course, I mean, if it's all systems go, that's a guy that should be producing second, if not first round value, as a wide receiver. Uh, number 49, Dale has Devin Singletary, which I think is interesting um, for one reason that I'll get to here in a little bit. I have about 1% of Devin Singletary. Reason for that is Zach Moss being a very, very real threat in that backfield. Buffalo wouldn't use such high draft capital on him if they weren't intending to use him in some capacity. And not only that, but you have Josh Allen who runs the ball a good bit um, and could very well, you know, again, siphon several goal line scores. So to me, I think Singletary can produce, but if he can, whether or not he can produce in the top 50 is very, very unlikely to me. Dale has Singletary at 49th overall, uh, and Underdog has him going about 67th. And for me, even that is just a little bit too high. I'd want to, again, I'd rather wait here and take a stab on somebody like Zach Moss, though Zach Moss's ADP has climbed to some uncomfortable heights as well. Number 54, you got Ronald Jones, one of the most polarizing players in fantasy draft, uh, fantasy football circles here, especially on Twitter. Um, I am completely out on Ronald. He's, um, I have negative 0% on this guy. Dale has him at 54th overall, which basically places a fifth round grade on him, which is way, way too expensive 
uh, at least for my taste. There's several guys that Dale has placed after him uh, that I would be much more comfortable drafting instead, such as Zach Ertz. Uh, I would rather have Kareem Hunt, which he has at 59th. Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, Marquise Brown, Jarvis Landry. There's several wide receivers on this list that I would rather have than Ronald Jones. Uh, it sounds like he's doing okay in practice. Um, it sounds like he's the one who's stepping up. The rookie, Kashawn Vaughn, uh, spent some time out. Um, he's struggling a little bit. Obviously, the Buccaneers went and got LaShawn McCoy. But for me, it's the fact that Ronald Jones hasn't produced. He hasn't done anything to prove himself, and now he's being drafted as a top 60 back. It's just I would much rather let somebody else take that chance. And for me, I'm still banking on... I'd rather take Kashawn Vaughn, or I've actually used several picks on LaShawn McCoy as my last round draft pick, just in case Bruce Arians has another situation where, uh, you know, back when David Johnson was a rookie, they still had Chris Johnson on the roster who was very familiar with the scheme and the offense and everything, so they opted to use Chris Johnson and his experience while David Johnson rode the bench. So who knows, that could be the sort of thing that LaShawn McCoy uh, get some playing time and get some run in Bruce Arians' offense, especially if Tom Brady thinks LaShawn McCoy is the best pass protector in that backfield. And if not, I think Kashawn Vaughn is the most talented running back in that backfield. So to me, Ronald Jones would be my third choice if I'm uh, targeting Tampa Bay's backfield. He's just too expensive. Um, 63rd, Dale has Devontae Parker, who I'm at about 1%. Um, it sounds like he's about spot on compared to ADP. Devontae Parker's going about 62nd to Dale's 63rd overall. My issue with Devontae Parker is that I have a really difficult time taking him over guys like A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Stephon Diggs, Hollywood Brown, even Will Fuller, who I'll get to momentarily. Um, Devontae Parker, if you look at his splits last year when Preston Williams was in the lineup, he was nowhere near as impressive as he was down the stretch. And also, you have no idea what's going on with that offense in terms of who's going to be the quarterback. So I'm out on Devontae Parker at cost. Uh, moving down, I was really surprised to see Dale has Jordan Howard at 66th overall. Now, I'm somebody who's been mostly in on Howard this year. I have a 12% clip of Jordan Howard. But keep in mind, that is me getting Jordan Howard around pick 100. If I see Jordan Howard at pick 66, I'm definitely passing on that. I'm, I'd actually much rather prefer Matt Breida in that offense, but I was very, very surprised to see Jordan Howard at 66th in Dale's rankings. Popping over to underdog here just to see where he is. Yeah, he's 89th on uh, underdog's ADP. So I'd be curious to hear from Dale what makes him so high on Jordan Howard, aside from the fact that you know, if the Dolphins are winning, uh, it's the sort of thing that he can get a ton of carries and he can definitely be a goal line back over there. But my money would be on the Dolphins trailing most of their games and Matt Breida racking up catches. So I'd be out on Jordan Howard if he was at 66. So, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to hear Dale's thoughts there. 71. Um, really su surprised to see that Dale was so low on Hollywood Marquise Brown. Um He's got Marquise Brown at 71st overall. Underdogs ADP is about 55th. Uh, I'm in at that cost even. I have a 22% uh, clip on Marquise Brown. I think, you know, year two is set, you know, set up for a boom year. In fact, if you want to do a little bit of research, I highly recommend checking out uh, Curtis Patrick's on Twitter's 
uh, Curtis Patrick's research on Marquise Brown, but he's definitely set up for a big year, assuming he can stay healthy. This is definitely a guy that splashes in best ball. He's one of those guys that can randomly you know, get you a three-touchdown day uh, in any given week. So he's a guy that I'd want, you know, way up there. I think I'd, he's a guy that I'd want ahead of guys like DJ Chark, for example, who Dale has at 58th in his rankings. Uh, similarly, 76th for A.J. Green is way too low for my taste. I actually have way too much A.J. Green. He's currently my highest-owned player at 26%, so I need to start laying off of him. Um, well, I have him tied with T.Y. T. Hilton, but um, both Dale and um, Underdog are far too low on A.J. Green, in my uh, in my opinion. So Dale has him at 76 uh, underdog has him at 71. I would be comfortable taking AJ Green in the fifth or sixth round, right? We know that this is a guy that has and can produce wide receiver one numbers. He's arguably playing with the best quarterback that he's ever played with. We'll see. Jury's out on that one. Uh, but he should come back fully healthy. This is a guy that, you know, in best ball, you're aiming for upside and you're aiming for to, you know, really nail those wide receiver ones in the later rounds. We know for a fact that AJ Green can be one of those guys. He that's you know one of the main reasons he's my highest owned player along with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, number seventy-seven, Dale has Philip Lindsay, which I have a one percent clip on. This is similar to Jordan Howard, where I'd really be interested to get Dale's take on why he's so high on Philip Lindsay because uh, even when you look at ADP, Philip Lindsay is going about thirty picks later at a hundred and second overall. We know Denver just brought in Melvin Gordon. So is Dale a some sort of genius? Probably not, but is Dale some sort of genius and knows something about Philip Lindsay that we don't know, or is he just banking on like a Melvin Gordon injury or something like that? Um, similarly, um, Dale has Marlon Mack at 79th, which I have 0% of Marlon Mack. Um, he's got... He's got Marlon Mack at 79th. Underdog has him at 94th in ADP. So this is another guy that um, Dale seems to be higher on than consensus, which is kind of puzzling because, again, he does have Jonathan Taylor at 29th. So he does have two backs within the top 79. So I'm curious to see what he um, has in mind for the Colts' backfield, and that's you know not even including Naheem Hines. So that, to me, is way too... Hi, I wouldn't be touching Marlon Mack at 79. I definitely wouldn't be touching him at 94. He's somebody that I'm just full fading completely, as I think he will fade out of that backfield before long. Um, number 80, Dale has Matt Breida. I'm fine with the ranking. The ranking actually makes a lot of sense to me. I have about 21% of Matt Breida. Granted, again, I'm getting him somewhere around 95 to 100 more often than not. He is 97th on underdog. So here we have Dale, who's a Dolphins fan, who has Jordan Howard going about 40 picks ahead of ADP and Matt Breida going about 20 picks ahead of ADP, both of which are Dolphins running backs. So my biggest issue with his ranking of Breida and or Jordan Howard is that he has two running backs from the same backfield uh, being drafted within 14 picks of one another. And the likelihood of that happening in fantasy football is very, very unlikely. So I do have to ask Dale what he's expecting from that backfield because it seems like he's expecting a big boost from that backfield um, and both of them to be highly successful. 
Uh, moving on to my last batch here. Number 84, Will Fuller. Uh, Dale is way, way too low on Will Fuller. So Will Fuller's ADP on underdogs is 58th, which to me makes a lot of sense. I have 19% of Will Fuller. I'm all in on Will Fuller, especially in best ball. Again, we know that this is a guy that randomly pops off for 140 yards and three touchdowns. Now you're vacating the targets that were previously seen uh, by DeAndre Hopkins, which pulling that up now. Um, last year alone, I won't dig into all the previous numbers, but last year alone, DeAndre Hopkins saw 150 targets. Actually, yeah, let's do it. 163 the year before that, 174 the year before that. So this is a guy, suddenly there's 150, 160, 170 targets that are up for grabs. The replacement, or replacements, I should say, are David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb, all of which are brand new to this offense, and Will Fuller is the only returning member of that Texans offense, already has a great rapport with Deshaun Watson, as we know. If this guy can stay healthy, this dude can literally give us a wide receiver one uh, season. Maybe that's my bold take. Maybe that's my bold prediction for the year. If he can stay healthy and give us even 14 games, we're looking at a wide receiver one season from Will Fuller, which means his uh, 58 ADP to me is right, and Dale's 84th ranking for him is far, far too low, especially for best ball. At number 87, Dale has uh, Zach Moss, which to me is too high. Um and I would be out at that cost. I've been trying to get Zach Moss around 110. Um, he is going about 91st on uh, underdog. So Dale has it about right as compared to ADP. My biggest issue here is similar to my issue with the Dolphins backfield is that he's got Singletary at 49, but he's got Moss at 87, which means he's expecting two running backs in the top 90 to be successful in the same offense that's also quarterbacked by Josh Allen, who we know is going to siphon some running back uh, touchdowns. So the likelihood of both of those running backs being top 100 assets is very, very unlikely. Um, and it's possible that not even one of them is a top 100 asset. It's possible they just cannibalize each other. At number 96, Dale appears to be way too low on Julian Edelman. That's that's a value. That's somebody that he could bump up in his rankings. Uh, Edelman goes 81st on underdog, which might be about right for a half PPR format. We don't know what the bond will be like between him and Cam Newton. Um, but we do know that this is a guy that typically brings us a safe floor and a, a bevy of wide receiver two weeks, if not better. So I think this is a guy that could be bumped up in uh, Dale's rankings. I think that this is a guy that um, definitely even could be, you know, he could bump up and could climb in ADP. Um, yeah, he's being drafted after some guys like Hayden Hurst and Tyler Higby and, um, you know, carry on Johnson. And I, I even Sony Michelle, which doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, at 103, Dale has Brandon Cooks, and yes, I know I just went nuts about Will Fuller for very good reason. Um, Dale appears to be too low on Brandon Cooks at 103. Cooks's ADP is about 76. I'm not expecting a you know world beater season from Brandon Cooks, but we know that this guy is a good uh, best ball guy. He's playing in the Texans offense, which we know is going to score points. He's tied to one of the best quarterbacks in the league, into Sean Watson, uh, and. 
you know, devil's advocate against myself, but I did kind of mention it. Will Fuller, Will Fuller obviously has an injury history. So Brandon Cooks is an injury away from being the wide receiver one. And heck, I'm wrong all the time. It's entirely possible that Brandon Cooks does become the wide receiver one there. So I think his ADP of 76 makes sense. I think Dale's ranking of 103 does not. I think that's a little bit too low or quite a bit too low. Um, four players left here at 109. Uh, Dale has Christian Kirk. So he appears to be way too low on Christian Kirk compared to consensus. Christian Kirk's ADP is about 82 on underdog, which I think is about right. I'm all in on Christian Kirk at 82nd. Um, you know, he's set for another step forward in his young career. Uh, obviously Deandre Hopkins coming to town certainly crowds things a little bit, especially cause Larry Fitzgerald is still there. It sounds like Andy Isabella is having a really nice camp. So things are definitely crowded in Arizona, but we know that Christian Kirk carries upside. He's set for another uh, step in his young career. And obviously it's going to take guys like DeAndre Hopkins to uh, get acclimated with the offense. There's years and years of history and years and years of data and study that shows first year wide receivers tend to take some time to get used to their new offense and new quarterbacks. So we should be expecting a somewhat down year from Nuke Hopkins, which should mean, you know, guys like Christian Kirk still need to pick up the slack there a little bit. Um, using that, I want to talk about Dale's ranking of Kyler Murray. So one thing that's notable is Dale has Kyler at uh, 52. It, so 52nd is where Kyler Murray is ranked in Dale's rankings. Kyler Murray's ADP on underdog is 72nd, so he's 20 picks higher than consensus. But here's what's strange and interesting to me. He's got Kyler Murray 20 picks ahead of consensus. He's got DeAndre Hopkins five picks behind consensus. And Christian Kirk uh, nearly 30 picks behind consensus. So this kind of tells me that he's expecting a down season from the two top pass catchers in Arizona, which are DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, but he's expecting a blow up from Kyler Murray. And those two things don't really match up and make sense to me. If, if we're thinking Kyler Murray is worth 52nd overall, and I don't think he is, um, I think if we're expecting Kyler Murray to finish 52nd overall, and I don't think we should be, then I think that uh, his rankings of Nuke and um, Christian Kirk are far, far too low for where we think Kyler Murray is going to finish based on his rankings. All right, two guys left, two values that I think Dale needs to bump up his rankings a little bit. At 122, he's got pretty much my favorite rookie in this draft, which is Antonio Gibson. Uh, if you're paying attention to fantasy football at all, you're hearing the hype, you're reading the hype. It's very real. Uh, number fire is JJ Zacharyson recently mentioned that he could very well be our next David Johnson, which as you know, I love me some David Johnson. Um, I'm a little bit worried that the Redskins are going to go like snag Leonard Fournette or something, but still, uh, Dale has currently has Antonio Gibson at 122. Uh, Gibson's ADP, uh, over on, uh, underdogs is 84, which I think is right. I think that suits him. I'd be all in on that. Uh, and I am, I am all in on that. I have just looking at my percentages here, I'm sitting at about a 20% clip of Antonio Gibson and maybe start need to start to dial it down a bit. Either way, um, Dale seems to be a little bit too low on Antonio Gibson. He's got Gibson going behind guys, uh, like Tony Pollard, Duke Johnson, Darrell Henderson, uh, even Debo Samuel, who might, you know, 
start the season on IR. So I'm all in on Antonio Gibson. I think he needs a massive rankings facelift uh, from you, Dale. Last but not least, um, one of my favorite best ball picks of the entire year. He's been uh, undervalued all year. He's currently undervalued in Dale's rankings. He's currently undervalued on underdog. He's going 115th on underdog. He's 135th in Dale's rankings. And that is the number two wide receiver in New Orleans, Emmanuel Sanders. Right? We know the Saints are going to score a ton of points. We know Michael Thomas is going to get his. Alvin Kamara is going to get his, or so it, you know, we think if he doesn't get traded, if this isn't, you know, outdated. Jared Cook is still around, but being the number two wide receiver in a Saints offense is beautiful for a best ball league. And now we're talking about a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, who's the most talented wide receiver, too, that the New Orleans Saints have had in years. This is a guy that should probably be drafted in the top 100 and certainly not at 115th overall. I've been getting him as like my sixth or seventh wide receiver in best ball drafts all year, and it's been pretty much my favorite thing. Him and Deshaun Jackson, who's been undervalued all year as well. But uh, that'll do it. I rambled on much longer than I anticipated, um, but Dale's rankings suck, and they needed to be picked apart. Just kidding. Dale is a good man and a good friend, and fantasy football is meant for disagreement. And again, I am wrong all the time, but... If you take anything away from today, take Will Fuller in all of your drafts. I love you. I don't know how to sign off because I don't know how we're doing this uh, recording since we're doing it separate. So, Dale, close it up, buddy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, If you get time and want to interact over on Twitter, which, God, I would love it. I would love somebody to talk to. I'm so lonely down here in my man cave. Uh, You can find me at BBFFMikey, BBFFMikey. BBFF stands for Basement Brewed Fantasy Football, which is the website that I run. Uh, and it's fun to have this you know, little partnership with Dale, and I appreciate the opportunity. Looking forward to talking to all you guys soon. Talk soon. All right. Thank you guys again for downloading and listening to the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football podcast. Don't forget to follow us at Eat Sleep FF um, on Twitter. That's where you're most likely to find us. Also, uh, we have a website, eatsleepfantasy.com. And you can catch us uh, pretty much every Wednesday and uh, for some really good stuff. Again, thank you to Underdog Fantasy for uh, for their partnership. You guys, I highly urge you to go check it out just because, really, one, it's an awesome platform. But two, they are good partners of ours. And if you support them, they support us. And it just goes round and round in a circle. So uh, we appreciate you. And uh, we will talk to you hopefully sooner than next week. Maybe we'll have another episode out right before the season starts on some other stuff. But, uh... I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks again. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming Eat Nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts. I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. Uh Eat, sleep, fantasy.